Welcome to the September 14th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily radio show. We cover the biggest stories in Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day for all eternity until the heat death of the universe when entropy will make everything into heat. This is your host, Space Marine, live inside the eye of a Category 5 hurricane in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And I am Space Cadet. What is up, everybody? Bitcoin is at 65.50 this time of the morning, Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet Bitcoin has been on an upward trend from around the low of 6,100 less than a week ago. It's come off the bottom, the bottom support level is $5,800 and now it's about 10% above that, rising steadily. It's $50 higher, even $60 higher than the last shot's rising as we speak. Now for our first story. Coin market cap historical snapshot put crypto market in perspective. Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet. So Coin Market Cap has this historical snapshots page where it shows you the page from the point in the past, and it's kind of going in a time machine and looking at the Coin Market Cap page. And so right now, like everyone's saying, oh, the 2018 is such a bear market because like all the altcoins lost a lot of money, like 90%. Bitcoin lost like 70%, like maybe 60% at this point. It was from $20,000 down to like 6,000. That's like 70% pretty much. So everyone's saying this is an awful bear market. It's such a bad time. Like CNBC, like the mainstream media is like, wow, Bitcoin's doing horrible. But then you look at the perspective. So the market cap right now is $111 billion, maybe 112 now it's been going up. So I went up like a billion dollars since I wrote the article, but that's not a big deal. But then if you rewind to January 5th, 2014, and this was after a big rally, the first time Bitcoin went over $1,000. This is around when I got into Bitcoin. So there was lots of optimism and on January 5th, 2014, like Bitcoin suddenly becoming mainstream. People are starting to talk about it. Tons of optimism, tons of hype. Yet, if you look at the Bitcoin price back then, it was like less than $1,000. It hit 1000 briefly and then went down. And the market cap was just over $10 billion. Put this in perspective. $10 billion is the same as the market cap of Ripple currently. And Ripple's a really, it's like a mainstream crypto, but it's pretty weak right now. The market has been totally collapsing for Ripple. It's definitely like a minor altcoin compared to Bitcoin. Yet Bitcoin's market cap was the same as Ripple is now. So Ripple's market cap right now as we speak is $10 million. But back in 2014 when Bitcoin rallied like crazy and everyone was going nuts for Bitcoin, Bitcoin's market cap was only $10 billion. Yet people call right now with a Bitcoin market cap of $111 billion, maybe more. They call that a bear market. And that's just the beginning of how crazy this is. And on January 5th, 2014, there were no other cryptocurrencies with a market cap in excess of $1 billion. Litecoin was number two at 617 million, and Ripple was number three at, at 219 million. And right now, there are 15 cryptocurrencies right now in September 2018 with a market cap in excess of $1 billion. So there's 15 cryptocurrencies with a market cap more than a billion dollars. Whereas in the past, only Bitcoin had a market cap in excess of a billion dollars. Yet people call this a bear market right now. It's crazy. 2014 was four years ago. That's not that long. And it gets even more extreme. Well, another fact is there was only 67 cryptocurrencies listed on CoinMarketCap back on January 5th, 2014. Right now, there's 1,944. So the amount of cryptocurrencies has exploded. It's a much bigger industry with much higher market caps. And yet people call this a bear market. And then it gets more extreme. When you look at April 28th, 2013, this was a, right after Bitcoin rallied to $100 for the first time. And there was a lot of hype back then, but not as much. It was still a pretty small thing. Most people weren't investing in it yet. And Bitcoin's market cap was only $1.5 billion. That's it. That's the same as modern day Dash. In September 2018, right now, Dash, 
the top X11 coins, the number 12 on coin market cap, and it has a $1.5 billion market cap. That's the same as Bitcoin's market cap in 2013. Yet the number 12 cryptocurrency right now, and there's 11 above it, the number 12 has the same as Bitcoin in 2013. And there was only seven cryptocurrencies on coin market cap at that time. And the six alternative cryptocurrencies besides Bitcoin had a market cap combined of less than $100 million. Most of that was Litecoin at $75 million. So there was like no altcoin market at all. There was barely any altcoins. Bitcoin was only $1.5 billion five years ago. And right now we're in 2018. Bitcoin's at over $110 billion market cap. The rest of the altcoin market is over $90 billion. The whole market total, including Bitcoin, is over $200 billion right now. And people call this a bear market. We're talking the entire cryptocurrency market cap on the planet was less than $2 billion, and right now it's $200 billion. And this is a bear market? No, it's not a bear market. Crypto and Bitcoin's doing really good. And so you could read that article on Bitcoin News and realize, hey, this is not a bear market and all the hype is BS. Now for our next story. Fong launches decentralized world map that introduces proof of location, Space Marine. Affirmative Space Cadet. So Foam is an ICO, and it's actually in New York. So they seem to be one of the only ICOs that actually got SEC approval, unless they didn't, and then they'd be in trouble. I think they did, because they're a big operation. They did their ICO successfully, and they're not in trouble. And what they're doing is they're producing the first of its kind decentralized world map. My editor tells me there's actually another one from back in the day called NAV, N-A-V. That's similar, so it's not the first of its kind. But Foam is a decentralized world map. And it uses a newly developed proof of location system that will replace GPS. Basically, it's going to have users launch radio beacons. Like, they're going to have radio beacons. And that's going to make a navigation network. Because right now, the GPS network is actually owned by the United States government and operated by the U.S. Air Force. So it's very centralized. If this is successful, phone will have a decentralized navigation system. And GPS is also very energy intensive on phones and other pieces of hardware that need GPS. It needs to have a line of sight with four satellites, and that takes a lot of energy. You need at least four satellites to have good triangulation, and you probably need more for, like, ideal triangulation. There's actually, like, 33 GPS satellites or so, and you connect to all of them, I think. Maybe not. They're on other sides of the planets and stuff. Anyways, back to the point. This will create a decentralized navigation system, and they're actually going to pay people. That's what the proof of location comes in. If you launch a beacon somewhere where there's not already a beacon, you get you can mine Foam. Foam's the cryptocurrency of this platform. So you'll be able to mine cryptocurrency just by having a beacon. So people are, they have an incentive to launch a beacon. They get money for making the beacon. The beacon's just a radio transmitter. That could be like a few dollars or maybe like $10 at the most to make a radio transmitter. They're probably going to launch their own product line for it, but you can make your own. And radio requires very little energy. So if you're mining foam, you'll probably get like pure profits. And also devices that use the foam network are... They need a lot less energy to navigate with it. And then it goes beyond this. So they did an ICO, but they require 25 to 50% of the tokens bought in the ICO. Like if someone bought like less than $10,000 of tokens in the ICO, they have to take 25% of it. And if it's more than 10000 they have to put 50% of it into creating the map. So they force everyone that participated in the ICO to create the map. And by doing this, uh, they have to stake 50 foam at least to make a location. So basically... Users define a location like Walmart or like a government facility or any other store or like a park or like a monument or a place or their house, whatever. But they stake 50 foam in order to create a location on the map. And it has like all the location data you would get in Google Maps, like the 
you know, what it is, the name of it, maybe even the website and the phone number and stuff like that. And so they stake 50 foam and make a new location. And through this, people are populating the entire map of foam. Like, there's hundreds, if not thousands of locations already on the foam, and they just launched this. So they're creating a decentralized version of Google Maps. And it's even better than that, because Google Maps has no, like, arbitration process. And Google can manipulate it at will. Google has the final say to manipulate the Google Maps. But with this, the users judge each other. Like, if someone stakes 50 foam, and if it's a really, like, legit location, in three days it'll become a verified location. It's pending for three days, and then it's verified. But if someone challenges it because they know it's a fake location or something, you could stake foam against them. You could stake some of your own foam against them, and then there's a vote. Like, whoever stakes the most foam wins. Like, if someone stakes more foam for that location, it becomes verified. So if it gets a bigger part of the vote of foam, that location becomes verified. And so they actually have a system in place to create a decentralized world map. And to and also, by requiring money, they require money to make a location on the map. So people aren't just going to be doing hodgepodge fake locations and making stuff up and messing the whole map up, which they would if there was no money tied up. People actually have to take their money and to make a location. And they're forced to, too, through the ICO. So people... The, Foam is forcing people to take their money and make a location, but at the same time, they don't want to waste their money. They want to make real locations and make the map really good because if they make the map really good, the value of the foam is going to go up. So it's twofold. The foam, with foam, they're creating a map that's decentralized and has a process so that it creates a real global map of all the locations. And this is essential for the navigation because you're going to type in, hey, I want to go to Walmart. And it'll have Walmart on the map because people will have created that location. And then they have the radio beacons to navigate to Walmart. So it's a completely decentralized version of Google Maps. And it doesn't even use GPS. It uses a decentralized navigation system with a decentralized map. And this will survive long term. It's powered on Ethereum and it won't disappear. There's no single point of failure. Like Google Maps definitely has a single point of failure. That's Google. Google could take up Google Maps right now. They could delete it. God forbid. But with phone, that's not even possible. It's decentralized. Now for our next story. SEC halts trading of sold Bitcoin ETN in U.S. Space Marine, take us through this story. Affirmative Space Cadet. So the Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States has halted the trading of the first and only Bitcoin exchange traded note in the United States. And this was an exchange traded note, Bitcoin Tracker 1, that was available in Europe for a long time. And then it became available in the U.S. only in August 2018, a month ago, about one month ago, it became available to traders. And it was actually a great way for institutional investors and other investors to buy Bitcoin through a, a really regulated and safe product that has a good track record in Europe. It was backed by actual Bitcoin. So if people bought this ETN Bitcoin Tracker 1, they were buying actual Bitcoins, essentially. It's backed by actual Bitcoins. It's not paper Bitcoins. It's really good. It's just as good as any ETF could have been. So everyone wanted the exchange-traded fund, but it ends up this ETN is just like an ETF. And so this was launched... In the U.S., it was legal. And even Fidelity, a major stock trading platform, added it at least. And other major stock trading platforms would have added it too. But the SEC says they halted it until 20th September, September 20th. But when you read the text, it really looks like they're going to ban this forever. Because in the text, they said, Broker-dealers have permission to interact with Bitcoin Tracker 1 only if they're liquidating the positions of the investors. And then they're saying the reason they did this is because Bitcoin Tracker 1 is characterized as an exchange-traded note by the public, an exchange-traded fund, and some of the application materials. So in reality, no one really noticed this story that much. Like, I kept covering it, but no one really talked about it too much. It didn't affect the market that much. But it was equivalent to an ETF being added. In fact, some of their applications to maybe, like, the SEC or something, 
said it was an ETF, not an ETN. And it was the same thing. And then the issuer classifies it. Bitcoin Tracker 1 says it's a non-equity link certificate. And the SEC says, due to this classification confusion, that it must be halted to protect investors. They're saying it's so dangerous for investors because it can't be classified. I immediately wonder, why doesn't the SEC just classify it? Because it's obviously safe. It's already being used. And they're saying because of the classification confusion, they have to halt it to protect people. But why don't they just classify it and make it clear? Instead, they banned it. So I think their motives are really clear here. They've banned, they've rejected every exchange credit fund Bitcoin application. Every single one, they've rejected it. And now they've got rid of the only Bitcoin ETN. And now there's literally no product available, no securities product available on the markets for institutional investors or investors to buy Bitcoin. And Hester Pierce is an SEC commissioner, and she spoke previously on the rejection of the Bitcoin ETS, and she thinks the SEC is not doing their job. The SEC is actually uh, putting investors in a higher risk situation by not allowing a product like this, like an ETF or an ETN, because now they have to go into other sources that aren't as safe or regulated. So the SEC is doing something counterintuitive, and they're not doing their job. Their job is to protect investors. They're not with Bitcoin. And they, the SEC has repeatedly said in the ETF rejections that Bitcoin market itself is too risky and unregulated. And that's the reason. And that's not really true. It's extremely regulated at this point. It's quite safe. It is volatile, but people will know that. They'll do the research and know that. But the SEC is trying to act like the parent of everyone and say, no, it's too risky. Even though people should be able to decide for themselves. And I think considering the track record with this rejection of the ETN is quite final. There's going to be no regulated Bitcoin securities product available to U.S. investors for the foreseeable future. So that's unfortunate. But like we keep talking about on the show, the ground game of Bitcoin is more important. There's all these Bitcoin ATMs, 3,700 and increasing by 5 or 10 per day across the world. There's tons of crypto hedge funds, and they're actually trying to attack the crypto hedge funds. But there's tons of crypto hedge funds, hundreds of them already. So they can't get rid of all of them, probably. I don't want to say that and curse all the crypto hedge funds. But yeah, Bitcoin's ground game is really going to make it grow long-term. So Bitcoin's even going up. Like, the ETN was totally gotten rid of, but Bitcoin has gone up since then. So it didn't even affect the market. Now for our final story. Okay, coin. USA expands from California to 20 more states. Space Marine, take us through the story. Affirmative Space Cadet. So OKCoin OK USA is the U.S. affiliate of OKCoin. OK and OKCoin OK was, like, the biggest exchange in the world. I think it was the biggest. Or maybe it was a second. Like, Huobi might have been the biggest, but they were in China. And then China banned crypto trading, basically, and OKCoin OK had to shut down. But now they're back up and running, and they've gone international. Because they had plenty of money, so they launched across the world. They're in the U.S. now. And they were in California, and they were generating $700,000 of trading volume per day, which is like 1,000 Bitcoins per day. That's pretty decent. They just started. Not that long ago, like a month or two ago. And now they're expanding to 20 more states. So they, want, they were very successful in California, and now they're expanding to 20 more states. And this is important because OKCoin okay, USA, it's not yet competition for Coinbase. Coinbase is over $100 million of volume per day. Maybe like 200 or $300 million. It's not published how much the total volume is. But when I last looked, Coinbase Pro, which is one part of Coinbase, has $150 million of volume. So, but OKCoin okay, USA is in a position to become a major competitor for Coinbase and take their business and the market share in the U.S. So this is really good for U.S traders of crypto because now coinbase has to actually compete with someone okcoin has the potential to be a huge exchange in the u.s they were a huge exchange in the world and they know what it takes to become huge and they have legal permission now to be in the u.s now in 20 states besides california in addition to california and so coinbase has to 
increase their level of support, be nicer to their customers, increase their limits for buying and selling, lower their fees. And OKCoin has to do the same thing too. So they're competing with each other and that's positive because Coinbase was pretty much a monopoly before and they were being really mean to their customers. Coinbase was really mean to me. They almost made me homeless once. They just like locked my account for no reason for a small amount of Bitcoin that I needed for rent. So Coinbase is not treating people properly. Now they're going to have to do that or they'll lose their entire market share. And OKCoin USA is not even the only new exchange in the U.S. that's big. Huobi has launched HBUS, and that was only a month ago in August 2018. And they're already having $1.7 million of trading volume per day. So Huobi and o HBUS and OKCoin USA combined, they might really like overtake Coinbase's volume because they were the biggest exchanges in the world. OKCoin and Huobi, they were definitely the biggest exchanges in the world. Like only just over a year ago, about one year ago, right now, they were the biggest exchanges in the world. Now they're in the U.S., they're competing with Coinbase, and Coinbase, really, I don't think Coinbase could stand up to them. And at the very least, the, it doesn't really matter who wins, because the, the U.S. investors are going to win. The U.S. crypto traders, enthusiasts, and investors, they're going to win, because now Coinbase is no longer a monopoly. That's all we have for you today on the September 14th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily radio show. Go to BitcoinNews.com for the full spectrum of crypto, blockchain, and crypto news. If you read BitcoinNews.com, you will be an expert in no time. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out, going back into the hurricane. And this is Space Cadet. Thanks for listening. Adios, Adios amigos. amigos.